Doc, we got another Friar side chat. And I know you've been very excited about this, Doc, because we've both been following along with Death Metal and talking about it quite a bit. I've been reviewing it for Geech Worldwide. Doc, who are we talking to today? We are talking to Mr. Scott Snyder. How you Scott, doing? How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so glad to be back, and uh, I, uh, I've been looking forward to it. So, yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, so you finally you have this whole event done, and I got. I think the first thing I got to know from you is what was like the most challenging part of this? Because I know you got the, you're trying to take DC into this new era, but there's all the the, the tie-ins and one-offs that you got going on to that you got to manage with everybody else. What what was the most difficult part for you? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think the the most difficult part was was honestly dealing with a lot of the, the changes over the, the course of the two years from when we, or three years really, since when we pitched it to um, when we uh, really got it going and it was kind of running full steam once its shape solidified. Um, we always, we planned, I mean, like metal itself, the original one was, was more personal, uh, more intimate, a story. It was like a testing ground, you know, where it was like Greg and I wanted to do something that would recall the fun of events from when, we were younger, like Infinity Gauntlet and Secret Invasion and that kind of overblown, majestic, grand, bonkers, Kirby-esque kind of uh, grand storytelling, you know, um, and embrace like comic book lunacy and still have it be personal. So that story was very much about those dark moments when you like look around and all you see are terrible versions of yourself, terrible versions of the people you care about because you can't see past your own fears um, and, you know, having gone through depression and that stuff that it was about that and how comics have helped me through. But I wanted to kind of put Batman through that, but do it in this, um, do it in this way that would really be kind of sublimated beneath the bonkers fun of the whole thing. And this big robust kind of celebration of comics and, and comic book storytelling. So with death metal, when we pitched it, it was always going to be something that was more outward looking. It was going to be, the sequel to that first story, but more importantly, it would be kind of about comics and what we thought, you know, was so great about them as a medium. What are some of the things that we need to embrace? What are some of the things that maybe we have to stop doing, you know, and, and wrap all of that in one story that was a love letter to, to DC that was ex extremely uh, personal to me and Greg about not just the company, not just, uh, you know, the line, but, but sort of a taking an ideology towards comics in general, our part in it as a, as a company as DC and then us as creators. So it was about essentially understanding the importance of respecting the past, honoring all stories that have come before good, bad, ugly, and reckoning with those and using that past to uh, build a, a more expansive and more daring future rather than focusing in and saying, forget the past. Don't worry about tomorrow let's just make something that's going to sell right now. You know what I mean? This moment is important and nothing else matters. And only what I want matters. And that kind of thing that wasn't a reflection of anyone's attitude. I think it's just more what all of us as comic fans, retailers, editors, publishers can sometimes fall into and say, how do we, how do we ignore the kind of um, the bigger tapestry of all of this and milk this one area for as much as we can. And so we wanted to create a story that was kind of a comprehensive um, rebuttal of that, uh, but that would read crazy fun and sort of be like, you didn't even know it, but when you get start to get towards the end, it feels like, oh, they're saying comics need to be 
respectful and and interested in their own past and also brave and and progressive about the kinds of storytelling and the leaps and the crazy things they're willing to do with these characters so long as they respect them at core you know and we hope that fans will will follow us and so it was sort of like taking the best of the new 52 and the best of rebirth and trying to do something that was our own now that would speak to both giving people some great classic conventional sorts of comic book storytelling and also trying some brand new things via future state into infinite frontier and so um, going back to your question, I think the hardest thing was we felt really passionately about that as the message of the, the event and how it was how it was pitched. The ending kind of has been the same for three years, like all of that. And we were very adamant about how that needed to, to stay, you know, the message, like the, the heart of it. Um, but the environment changed so many times uh, at DC, you know, during that during that period where what was on the other side of death metal changed a bunch in terms of different initiatives they, they were setting up and we always would have been supportive. It's not anything where it's like, Oh, that was horrible. I would never, it was more like some of them had priorities that didn't link up with the priorities of the story. So then it was of ours. And so then they wanted us to, you know, change some of it, but then we really weren't going to do that. So it was more about how do we bridge these things? And then things got expanded before they wanted to do an initiative on the other side. So we wound up, instead of doing death metal right after justice league kind of building more of a runway with some of the stuff they wanted to do with year of the villain. And so essentially um, there was one point at which like they were seeing that death metal was doing well, like it, the, the buzz around it was good and they wanted to actually expand, expand it. And the initiative on the other side of it wasn't fully developed yet. And so what we wound up doing with infinite frontier, it was before Dan left. And so instead uh, they asked us to take over the line for a month plus and that we do all the books. And I was like, wow. So you're talking about like 30, 30 books, you know, of crossover. How do we make that fun? And so we planned all this stuff that was, I was nervous about it, and I'm glad it wasn't that big, but there was a lot of fun stuff that got dropped. There was like an Aquaman through line that we didn't get to do. And there was a Sergeant rock, a whole Sergeant rock in the, and the, uh, the losers um, plot line we couldn't do and a JSA plot line. And they were all like out of control, shadow packed and the teen tyrants, and all this kind of metal crazy shit that we just, we couldn't, we couldn't fit in. So um, anyway, bottom line, uh, it was like kind of like flying a plane through like a crazy electrical storm and always being like, we have to get through this storm to get there. And if we land there and no one's there, that's okay. But we just have to get there. And then luckily uh, as we had already be really, I guess it was a year ago. So we hadn't begun, but we were really done planning. Um, things changed and, uh, you know, uh, there was a new vision for the other side of DC and, uh, Marie Javins was brought up and she's the one that edited metal uh, along with the great Tay Taylor and, uh, and edited justice league and had been our big proponent on death metal. So, all of the priorities of death metal wound up becoming, uh, they were already confluent with what she wanted and with what I think a lot of editorial wanted, but then it became the actual design. So there's a real easy sweep from, from death metal right into infinite frontier with, with future state being a glimpse of some of the things that might happen. And there are plans with a bunch of those things from Tim Fox and a slightly different capacity to, obviously Yara Floor, but some of the stuff that's happening in the Titans Academy stuff and some of the stuff that's happening in uh, Superman um, coming true in different ways as the series progressed past March. But 
almost like those futures kind of echo into the, the books in different ways. And other ones won't be acknowledged at all. Like other ones are just fun, fun one-offs that haunt the books, you know, in some way. So uh, it became something by the end, by like three or four months ago, that was really fun because it was us and other creators and Marie and editors, you know, young editors who were all like, Hey, we, now that we, we have a little bit more freedom, um, we can try brand new things. And there was this kind of explosive sense of creativity and all of it was, was of the same, I think of the same um, principle, which was, you know, we're not abandoning any group of fans for any other group of fans. It's more about trying to say there's, there's, there's something for every kind of comic fan here at DC. We understand the importance of doing um, really kind of meat and potatoes superhero storytelling, keeping the cores of these characters true. But we also want to show that we can do things even braver and out more out there than you've seen before to make this an exciting era for all readers, but also introduce new generations of fans to these characters and all of it. So that's kind of my most long-winded answer to your <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot there, but one of the things that jumped out to me was when you talked about how they want DC wanted to at one point expand more of what you did with different you know, tie-ins and, and all that and take over for a month. And I, I like that they're doing it with Future State where it's just going to be that. That's cool. It's, it's a whole new different thing. But one thing that Doc and I have talked about along the way is, you know, I've been reading all the one-offs and Doc, so we could, you know, for the sake of the show, he was just reading the main line and that was it to see how his experience, is, his experience was compared to mine. We both sure. enjoyed it. But that was such a, I thought was so, so important with how you managed that whole, the whole thing. And it didn't get, it was never overwhelming. And I, I, I so I, that's, so you, did you have to end up like putting your foot down with it or is that like Greg was with you too or? Yeah. Greg, well, uh, we made it a priority with the, I, really all the way back at Court of Owls, what I realized was if you do parts of your story in other books, it's just not my, it's not my MO, you know, like we're, we're a single creative team and we really like having a thorough story that you can read um, on its own. It might be richer, a richer experience for reading other pieces of it too, you know, um, but that it's not something that's uh, obviously lacking for not having one of those pieces included. So we did that with the first medal. We had Batman Lost, we had Wild Hunt, and we had pieces that fulfilled out some of the questions if you read all of it. But we felt like if you read just me and Greg and the coda being the only thing by anyone else um, in the collection that you would have a, a, a really fun reading experience there. And that was the way, yeah, from Court of Owls, all that stuff down the line, we were always pretty adamant about that even when we got pushed back. And so, here, it was never a question of having things um, like inserted into our event. Um, it was into the main event. It was more wanting to make sure that everything we did spoke to the priorities of the event. So for example, like, you know, I'm really proud of the issue I did with, with Jeff Johns um, and all these great artists, you know, Francis and Jerry and, and Paul and, and uh, Dan, everybody. But the, the fun of that issue was that it was about something that metal was about, you know, death metal was about. It was saying goodbye to an era of comics and passing the torch to a new era in a way that's saying as much as we long to hold on to certain things, it's better to welcome what's coming and those things will live on and be remembered and celebrated in their own way going forward, regardless. And so it was a, it was a, it wasn't about, hey, let me get Jeff Johns, and for the first time ever, we're going to work together and sell copies. It was like, how do we do something that underscores that? And then, meanwhile, with last stories, it was like, 
how do we do something that brings back some of the titans that have worked on these characters from Mark Wade, Gail Simone, uh, Jeff Lemire, while also having a few new people you wouldn't expect, you know, Chris Sabella and Aquaman, other things like that. And then with the War of the Multiverse, it was more about welcoming in emergent talent and giving them a shot, doing an anthology that sort of showed what's coming next to DC uh, and working some of the people that have exciting, that are established writers, but they're more up and coming still and have exciting things coming out this year, like Kyle Higgins with Radiant Black, all that stuff. But Regine Sawyer, Shay Grayson, you know, Max Visaggio, all that kind of that sort of, hey, let's give, give the future a chance in this way. So it was very important to me that the um, that the tie-ins, like whether people loved them, didn't love them, still had a, a spirit that that when you look at the whole thing has a has a has a coherence, has kind of a one has one sort of sensibility behind it, you know. And some of them I was so so bummed we didn't get to do, and some of them I'm glad we just didn't have. You know, I fe I felt it had just the right amount of supplementary material with one or two things I would have loved to do. We couldn't like the Aquaman bit and the JSA Sergeant rock losers bit, but overall I'm glad with where we, we landed and, and as much as it would have been fun to take over the line. And I think we had a lot of good sort of ideas in there. It was always something we felt we didn't want. Um, we were just going to have fun. It was never going to be like, you have to read this for your, it was going to be like, you want to see what the teen Titans would be like in a dark metal, whatever the badass and mm. yeah, let's do it. You know, you want to see, Swamp Thing and uh, Animal Man team up with, you know, Vixen and all these characters for, it was like that. It was like Swamp Rock and all the fun, you know, it was like that. It was like that. So it was, anyway, the, yeah, I'm really, uh, it was important to me that they mattered in a way that each thing would kind of fill out the conversation we were trying to have with fans. And some of them I'm really, was really proud of and um, with what came out of them and what I'm proud of in general was just that, the experience I think creators had on the book was, um, was good. I'm really, it was important to me that everybody, even if I didn't always agree with exactly what they were doing, got room to do what they liked to do. Like got room to do something that they believed in passionately spoke to what these characters or the nightmares of these characters would be. So I tried to stay out of the way a lot and I'm happy with that, that I, wasn't you know wasn't a tyrannical boss anyway. well it was great because nick and i have talked about this time and time again is that you know it's it's very easy to get burnt out on events and i won't <laughs> name the event that sort of you know put me over the edge but it would it's it, it at times it just gets too much and that's why we both loved metal and, and death metal because it just seemed perfect it was the right mm -hmm. amount of books it was the right amount of tie-ins it wasn't three, four books every week that you had to buy, that, you know, and, and all that. So, you know, it was, it was really great to, to read that. It was, it, it was a tremendous experience. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask though, is, is with, um, with the way death metal ended, you know, have you worked with, talked, helped out, you know, plan out sort of the future of some of these, uh, you know, characters with some of these writers, like with James Tynan and on Batman, because we've, we've seen, you know, some characters that are live, uh, with their paths changed a little bit, we, you know, there's some characters that have died that we 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 saw come back in Death Metal. Have you sort of helped plan the futures out uh, with some of those writers? Yeah, I have. I mean, mostly I've just listened to what they want to do and tried to reflect it. You know, I I really am trying to step back this year and take more of a a, a kind of a background role, I guess, to to DC. 
I'm still doing two big projects there. One is a Nightwing and one is really a secret one that is part of all the designs of things that we've, um, that are in death metal. Like it's hinted at in death metal. Um, oh, now I'm going to go back and read it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, it's, it's a big one, but I, I, I'm not going to get to it until the earliest, like pretty much, I think late spring, early summer in terms of starting to write it. So it wouldn't come out until like Q4, quarter four of, um, 2021. So it's the longest break I've had from any kind of being on the shelf in the superhero neighborhood. I still have American Vampire coming out for another, you know, six issues. I'm super proud of that. It's my favorite arc. Um, but in terms of DC, Marie is one of my closest friends. I mean, outside of comics uh, and in comics, obviously, as well. And she's been a real mentor to me. We talk all the time. You know, I, I love her to death. And I think the company couldn't be in better hands. So I told her, I was talking to her yesterday. And we were just saying, um, we were talking about little things and, and I just said what I what I meant about it, which was just consider me like your utility player, you know, whatever you need, I'm here, I'm rooting for you. And, you know, my I know I'm coming off the bench towards the end of the year, but um, or towards the summer into the end of the year, but if you need me for anything earlier, planning, anything, I'm here. So with, with this, really what it was, was um, not to get too inside baseball, but there was a period after Dan, uh, exited the company where no one was sure what was going to happen, you know, and there was a lot of who's, who's, who are they going to bring in? What's the company going to be? How much freedom are we going to have? And so that was, um, I guess like March, April, May of last year. And it didn't really, you know, settle until, um, really after, uh, the firings happened and all that stuff in August. And so there was a big period of, um, uncertainty. And uh, my my feeling was whatever that uncertainty was, it was very important for us to make decisions about who we were on the other side and to create an initiative if the initiative that had been planned before the people were calling 5G and stuff wasn't going to happen as it, as it was, you know, um, that we needed to decide and be like, who are we? Who are we? You know, and if you want to dovetail out of death metal, it's giving a lot of room to decide that, you know, and I'll leave it up to you guys. But um, because it was such an uncertain time, you know, there weren't a lot of decisions that people could make. And so what happened was really by the summer um, when things solidified, Daniel Cherry came in and, you know, people felt really good about, they felt terrible about the cuts. You know, I would never, I'm still heartbroken about Mark Doyle and other people there that I've worked with forever. Um, but the shape, the tenor of the company felt like comics were going to be allowed to grow and expand within the new structure that had been set up. And Marie is obviously someone who's like overqualified for the job, having been in comics at Marvel and here for 20 plus years. Um, and so there is a sense of, okay, now we can do it. So the piece, some of the pieces of, of um, some of the stuff that had been planned, you know, where people were really passionate about, editors really liked. And we looked at it and we said, what are the best pieces, they said. And, you know, they were excited about it and it started to become future state. And we said, well, how do we use death metal to say, because the past is set, we'll get a glimpse of the future, get excited about how bold we're going to be. And then, and we were like, well, let's make something, you know, and this was again, like in the fall summer fall uh so we were like let's let's make an issue like rebirth you know and say what we are and say this is who dc wants to be in 2021 under marie and everybody and with the editors more empowered some of the younger editors taking chances on things some new talent 
you know, and um, instead of doing it like an issue that I, because I was like, I, you know, they were like, do you want to write it? I'm like, I don't want to write it. But what about if you write it with Josh and James? And, and I said, they were, they were more architects right now than me. But then we were like, that still feels kind of rigid. Why don't we just invite all the people that are in charge of the different groups to be a part of it? And we'll do like a giant 80 page thing. And we'll do a spine story that connects to something Josh is doing. I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to talk about this, but I already said it in an interview the other day and it was too late for them to cut it. So I'm just going to talk about it anyway now. Okay. I figure you can't, you can't, right? You can't like unspill milk or whatever. Can't put toothpaste back in the tube, right? Right. So um, he's continuing uh, Infinite Frontier Zero into a, a series that will start later that's Infinite Frontier, like one, two, three. And it's going to be like a super series that essentially picks up a lot of the threads that you see in the, in the cosmology of death metal and that stuff at the end, you know, with the totality and with some of the characters mentioned missing some of the characters alive or dead. And it's going to be this mega series that kind of follows through and brings some of those things forward. And so um, our part in zero kind of frames some of that gives you a tour of the whole DCU and then the other parts show you, James writes a part that shows you what's happening in the whole Batman universe. And uh, Brian Bendis is showing you what's happening over with Justice League. And uh, I think it's Tom, is it Tom Taylor writing that? I can't remember who, if it's Tom Taylor. I don't remember if it's Tom Taylor, Phil Johnson, or um, uh, the other writer who's doing the Superman part. But, you know, there's... Uh, John Lewis? Yeah, it might be. And then, uh, you know, but those parts, like, I don't touch. You know what I mean? It's more like, we give the skeleton story and then we give it to the group editors and then they do their parts and then it comes back to us and then we massage it. So it um, all fits into one. It feels like one big tour. So um, that was really the way it came together. Where we were like, now that we can say who we are, let's do it and try and do it in a way that excites people, gets them in the door and uh, you know, makes them, makes them energized about 2021. You know, you bring up Tom Taylor. I, I do not feel comfortable about him taking over Nightwing. Like in a good way. I mean, obviously he's great, but I just like, don't feel good about Dick Grayson's safety right now. He's, he's got amazing <laughs> plans. I talked to him the other day just about them actually. And uh, I love his plans are so good. Wait till you see. It's like classic, but new. Like just what you want from a Nightwing book, like plays right to your heart's desires. And then also takes you places that are really surprising so okay so all right so so i feel better about his safety then i, I know the story i'm good, good to hear the story is going to be good I, that i did not doubt yeah it'll um, be good i promise now with um with with death metal you you're dealing with a ton of characters i know you brought up i, I actually was i'm glad you brought up the difference between metal and death metal and how you approach it because i mean obviously we're seeing the huge event that death metal is but with metal i mean I, I, I didn't know exactly where you were trying to make the difference. It, it, now it just seems perfectly clear that you spelled it out like that a little bit. And you're more focused with Batman and all of that, of course. And in here, we, you still you still get a lot of him, but it's the Trinity. It's the one who laughs. We see a lot of Sergeant Rock too. And yeah. I'm curious, which character was your favorite one to to deal with? And also, did you have any say in the the design of any of these? Or was it all Greg? Oh, I, Greg and I always work as a team, but I know well enough at this point to stay out of his way. You know, like Greg, all I have to do is give him like three pointers. I'll be like Superman. I see him as like someone who's been imprisoned on apocalypse. So like, he's got like a rock arm, like, like dark side. And he's got, yeah, I see him as like a eighties rocker hair. Maybe we bring back the mullet and Greg's like, no way. I'm not drawing a mullet. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so crazy. And he's like, gave him this like silky, beautiful hair that I was like, oh, the envy of Lex Luthor are perfect. And I was like, go for it. 
And um, Batman, I was just like, Batman, Lord of the Dead. And he was like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. I was like, great. And back with the, 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 evil, the Joker dragon bones. It was perfect. I was like, oh. And Wonder Woman, Queen of Hell. I was like, to be a little bit like, little more and he sent me a few pictures of rock stars that he likes that are women and i was like perfect go and uh so he's just easy i mean greg is my brother i i talk to him multiple times a day we're working on a creator owned right now actually uh super fun I, we've never gotten to work that way where suddenly it's like making characters of our own together and i'm helping him with the creech also which is huge fun um so uh, yeah, so i i kind of stay out of his way but the designs um getting to my favorite to write I mean, I loved writing Diana. That was huge fun. But Sergeant Rock was also like that. I miss it already because it was the whole thing. The idea was that it's a war story and that it's a war story where what you realize is that you're part of an ongoing war that never ends. And that war is to be better than we have been before consistently. And sometimes you fall backwards and sometimes you're going to get knocked all the way back. But it never ends. There's no finish where you're like this moment it's bright and it's not going and it's perfect and whatever. It's always keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And that's what Wonder Woman realizes is there's no kind of recreating a bright world, you know, uh, by using crisis energy and making a perfect bubble. It's all about always connecting to the past, looking at it, reckoning with it and being better than it, even if that means you might lose. So, you know, even if you fight the good fight and you lose, or you fight the good fight and nobody knows you did and you died, it doesn't matter, you know. You're putting you're putting yourself in this uh, this trajectory of legacy that has to do with being on the right side of history. So, so so picking piggybacking off of uh, uh, Nick's question, where did the idea of the Robin King come from? Because I got to tell you, I've never wanted to jump into the pages of a comic book so bad, and slap the smile off someone's face that I yeah. did the Robin King. <laughs> I know it was funny because I, I was talking to Greg and I'm like. You know, we had the we had the darkest night and we had all these Batman and we had like more Batman than we could use. And I was like, who do we pick this time? So we had the Grim Knight in uh, Batman Who Laughs. And I was like, you know, I want to surprise people. I want to do something a little different. I want to be a little like, you know, crueler, darker. Well, one of the Batman I never made that I always wanted to was just a Bruce Wayne who was a sociopath from the beginning. Who was There was no transformation from the Joker just the darkest, blackest version of him. What if he grew up a sociopath and that's it? And so um, I was like, well, what if I keep him a child? And then the thing is, he wouldn't be a bat. I kept thinking about it. And I was like, he would, because a bat has to do with all of the symbolism we've kind of explored in mind. And so many great generations of storytellers have on Batman about, you know, how it's a, an omen of, of you know, uh, and we've talked about it as a mammal, the, the only mammal that can fly, and so it's a symbol of aspiration, And but it all reckons with this darkness, and this kid would be cheery, and I was like, he'd be a Robin. He'd be, like, sitting at his parents' funeral, looking at the sky, like, pretending to be sad, but thinking about, like, man, that bird sings beautifully. That's who I am. I'm a Robin. Like, I'm going to be the one that sings the song for the new generation to hear and be happy being ready to throw off the mantle of these older generations of people that are shackled by their own, you know, false morality and these broken ethics that don't mean anything. We're going to be the predators and we're going to go for it. And so it just clicked. And then Greg loved it and made these like Wolverine talent things on him and gave him the crown of thorns. And 
it was cool because Riley had designed him, Riley Rossimo, and it was good. But Greg took it and then he was like, it needs to be more vicious and redid it a little bit and then gave it back. And it was, it was just a killer, killer uh, design. So we really, I really, that was the one that I, was, I still wanted to write myself. And then I just, I just didn't want to eat up too much. I was very, especially because COVID, that was another thing just to be clear. Like, you know, COVID hit right before we started, you know, so this whole event, like, you know, I mean, we started in the summer, but March when everything shut down was right when we were promoting, you know, getting into the mode of setting it up and hiring people to do some of the earlier crossovers. And the fear was not taking too much work, you know, myself, and instead making sure that we could spread it out among people that, you know, we knew uh, we had talked to about having work and we wanted to make sure we weren't, you know, taking anyone's uh, or giving, we were giving all the opportunities we could to spread money around at a time when it was hard for, for comics creators, you know, not that it's not now, but it was really rough then. So um, yeah, so that there were a few like that, that I would have done myself had we had those 50 issues or have we had more, but um, I'm, I love what Pete did. I'm really happy with what Pete did. A little rat. that yeah, bastard. Just, yeah. like, And he's been, he's perfectly drunk. Greg, Greg absolutely nailed it. Uh, so, so my last question, uh, you know, for you, Scott, you know, it's been a huge week for DC between death metal, future state. And then we get the news about Michael Keaton coming back, uh, as Batman. So yeah. I've got sort of a two-parter for you. One is you sort of, what are your thoughts on, on Keaton as Batman and, and what role do you think he'll play, whether it's sort of this Batman beyond, you know, uh, you know, Batman, or if you think he'll sort of be like a, a, a dark Knight. um, Batman, and then uh, secondly, could can you you know uh, picture death metal you know being adapted to either the big or small screen, and 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 sort of how would you see that playing out? Oh man, yeah, I mean I I'm so excited to have Michael Keaton back. I mean he's always been uh, holds a dear place in my heart. From I remember waiting in line with my dad in 1989, you know, uh, 12 years old, like waiting to go in. I had my my glass that I got at McDonald's right before, you know, like the they were selling the glasses, you know, like yeah. the, the Batman designs. Uh, so, and that was the first time the marketing had been so amazing where it was just the bat symbol. And I remember it like drove me insane. I was so excited. Uh, so I, I'm thrilled he's coming back. And um, my guess, I, I know less than most of you guys only because uh, I, I haven't been following um, the news about it. It's beyond like the headlines. Uh, cause I've been, I've been so buried, but, um, I would hope that it's like a Batman beyond role. Cause I feel like we've done the dark Knight role a lot. You know, we've seen him battered and, you know, dark. And I think it would be really cool to see him training the next generation of Batman. You know, it's one of the things that I really do wish they would do more of, you know, in general with Batman. I mean, I know it's just a take, it's like a take that I like, but I do think it's like after so many years of, of, um, of really good interpretations, but of him being so dark and yeah, and and, uh, and grim and sort of militaristic in different ways. You know, I, I had so much fun doing Zero Year, you know, remembering like the Batman Strikes animated series, which was a short-lived, like, but I thought underrated take, where it was like, Batman can be also, you know, funny and young and, and clever and fast and like Mission Impossible action and and like really uh, dynamic and like, you know, it can be a fast paced action movie too with that kind of, you know, where he doesn't have to be so dark and haunted and established already. I like the idea of a young Batman coming up, figuring himself out in a way that's also 
not not funny. That's the wrong word, but like almost like exuberant and badass. You know what I'm saying? Like a Batman that's like not in a car that's like the black Batmobile tank, but instead in like a crazy futuristic like you know hot rod that you're like holy shit that's the coolest car that's like today's car you know what i mean and like yeah. it's like fast high tech modern you know what i mean not armored like you know like just that so there's so much i i just i hope they go in that direction a little bit with whoever takes up the mantle i mean i'm really excited for the robert pattinson yeah seems so david fincher-esque and all that and i love you know i love that stuff but i hope after this iteration or whatever they do in the video games or whatever they'll have fun have fun with him because to me, what I love about him isn't, I mean, the, you know, the, the darkness and the badassery is, is awesome, but it's also like, it's the fact that he's, he's, he's funny, man. Like Batman Lego, like is so such a great interpretation of him. He's funny because at the end of the day, when the idea that he always wins, you know, and that everyone's always like Batman wins. The reason we all love that is because he's like the one human character on the Justice League who doesn't have like magical help and whatever it is and stuff. And so him always winning and being funny and being kind of like overly confident and arrogant and that quips and those things, like not being like dark and haunted and whatever, is fun because it says to you, whatever your fears are, whatever your challenges are, be like Batman. You can just win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's something cool about that. So I just, I wish they would embrace that kind of like almost arrogance of him in that fun way you know a bit and do something really young and vibrant sometime soon that's what i would love i'd love to see an animated series like that or like a video game or a movie like that maybe they could turn death metal into an animated series or, something, or an animated movie that would they've done great with the animated movies it'd be yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun it'd be a fun video game with all the batman you have to fight or pick oh. or whatever and all that so there there'd be a blast yeah you know i'd love to see death metal as anything so um, my, my last question, Scott, and we appreciate you, of course, taking the time like this. Um, we've talked all about death metal the entire time, but you alluded to American Vampire in 1976, and I've been enjoying that. Of course, Undiscovered Country, I think, is I think they're both – all three of these books actually are some of the best ones that we got this past year. But Undiscovered Country is one that I personally recommend to a lot of, a lot of people who – aren't you know who are reading comics but trying to find something new and they don't exactly know where to go um and of course you know, we talked to you about noctera last time you were on with us doc yeah. is excited about the who done it that you have coming up soon as well i'm not sure when exactly that is but um what what else is like what else in the works for you right now yeah it's kind of crazy i'm um i'm like so i mean my big plans for 2021 are mostly creator owned uh, i have about i mean i have like uh about nine books that I'm working on in different stages, but it's, they're staggered. Some of them are already written and some of them I've written half of, and some of them, and they're all with artists. So uh, some I've been working on a long time and I've hinted at like the Francesco Francavilla one. That's like 35, 40 pages in right now. And then some um, I've been working on in secret. Like I have one with Francis Manipal uh, we've been doing for a while on the side. But luckily when I was finishing up with DC um, between the Kickstarter money and stuff was able to, uh, and a couple other things like getting the selling the movie rights to um, Undiscovered and things like that, and then getting some investing investors in some of the books. I was able to really go all in and be like, I can do all of this at once for Best Jacket. So in the spring, like late spring, right after Noctera comes out, you'll see like announcement. And I want to do all, I want to announce like all of them at one time and just be like, this is the whole slate for 2021 into 2022 and you can see all the best jacket books that are like 
coming with with art and with previews i just want to do like a whole deck and be mm -hmm. like this is it instead of dripping it out like you know different different times so my goal is to like april may really do that and be like here's what i have at this place at image here's what i have here here's what i'm self-publishing here's everything like this and here are the dates like here's the here's how it's all coming out and here's how you get it here's ones on you know might be on panel syndicate one's this one's that and like and just you know make it a comprehensive thing it's like this is kind of my world of books that i'm doing and then the hope is also like if it start if it goes well like if not terra sells well enough you know that book came out i'm really proud of that one it came out really well um if that comes out uh it does well you know i hope it, if it does well enough then i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing where i funnel the money back into the books so my hope is to be able to uh be able to honestly the slate of books I have coming out now is the books that I'm going to be doing for the next few years. So um, if I, what I make on like Noctera, for example, I really want to be able to, and this is like, I don't know, you know, it's ambitious, but I would really like to be able to continue to, to teach and to fund other people's projects, you know, even if just privately, that's my goal is to be able to have best jacket be something that can help the way we help creators for creators, that stuff that I'm involved in, you know, and it makes you feel like you're a good part of the community. So that's my goal, you know, is to be able to, to put out stuff I love with friends and with people I haven't worked with before, like Ariella Christentina, that's that book chain, really happy with, just began on it. To other books that um, are with people that I made my whole career with, like Jock and and uh, Raphael Albuquerque and, and people like that, who we have the book lined up for right after American Vampire, stuff like that. So all of it is kind of like, you know, here's the whole deck. I just want to let other people have the oxygen for a while, let them all, so many great creators on the scene right now, you know, in the indie world and at DC and Marvel, you know, so like Ram V and the whole white noise crew and Joelle knocking it out of the park with what she's about to do with Wonder Woman and Becky coming in to do the same. And, you know, great stuff over at Marvel too, with Donnie and, and Al and Ed. And just like, I just want to kind of, read and enjoy and make my own stuff in private, you know, work on this like creator own with Greg too, all of it. Like just, just, just kind of churn inside in my own world and not be the spotlight, you know, of shit for a bit, except for that era. And then, and then come back with a big, big announcement late spring and be like, here's everything. And then just have them come out one after another, just boom, boom, boom. And then maybe come back and you know, do my DC stuff. Then and that. So that's, that's like my, that's like my whole, 2021, plan, I think so. Yeah. yeah, jeez, yeah. Now, now we're gonna have to wait a few months for all this. Damn. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Noctera is soon. That's soon. That I have to. I have to. We have the whole first issue done, and the, the he's done with three. We're done with issue three with art. I have to letter him, but uh, yeah, it's it came out well. I'm excited about it. Yeah, so, I'm excited to get that. I'm excited. I ordered one of those prints uh, from Francois Manipal. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so I can't wait to put that up in the background here. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're shipping them right. I literally just sent the mystery comics that if anybody even ordered like the signed mystery comics, so they're here in the warehouse now. So they're they're going to be going out in like this week or next. So you'll have awesome. them latest like early February or whatever, but soon. Sweet. There were some delays with COVID with the transportation yeah. stuff, yeah. but it's all done. It's all here, so it'll awesome. be here before the book. Great. Well, Scott, we, Doc and I both really appreciate it again. This is, you know, and we'll be, we'll all be hearing from you in a few months. We're excited for what you got up, uh, up next. Yeah. I'll totally, I'll stop by. I'd love to stop by again. We'll make it, a, make a deal to do it. Awesome. Fantastic.
Awesome. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.